about whatever. Hello, friends. We are back. I'll be back. It's been a while, as always. And like usual, I hope you missed us. Remind me, I'm just dancing to this intro music. Oh! What are you gonna do? Hum diddy, hum diddy, dum dum dum. Potomai. Yes. Potomai podcast. Sir, hello everybody. I am Tyler. He I'm is Dan. And we are Potomai. We are back after a little bit of a break. And as Dan so eloquently noted, we're going to make this the unofficial official marking of our second season. Yes. If you call it, yeah, year two, Padomai. Yes, our f- we we are in early March, so I will absolutely not wish anybody a happy New Year. That train has come and gone, <laughs> but this is the first episode of the 2023 year for us. So we figured, why not? Especially we had a nice round number of ten last year, so. So it was a perfect, perfect Go, fit. Going to be the same stuff for you, though. Don't worry about it. We're not going anywhere in terms of what the content is, how we're making the sausage. The sauce, the sausage. It's all staying it's the same. Bit to Richie. And, uh, <laughs> and uh, to that end, we're going to pick up on one of the um, episode themes that we plan on having being kind of a running thing that we started a couple of months back and that is an you know episode or a character breakdown rather of you know each individual main characters in the show yes sir and today we figured we would focus on the man who is loyal to his manager like no other loyal to his capo and oh that's... yes, excuse me. I'm sorry. He, he loyal to his manager. <laughs> he, he he managed. My goodness, I just had a Christopher moment, and we're I'm not let that's sticking right there. That's sticking right there. It's emblematic of of what this episode is all about. I honestly thought you meant to say that. Just like I just I come in I, reference like yeah. it's his manager. I'm like it fits. Yeah, no, it I works. just I, I just completely managed. No pun intended. To to combine the two idiotic moments and into a uh, special and unique idiotic moment of my own. So God bless. Jeez. But yes, we are breaking down the man himself, Christopher Moltisanti. Yes, we are breaking down his arc. Yes. Not Noah's. Yes. But before we begin to break down the man of Christopher Moltisanti himself, we'll get into a little of Michael Imperioli because yes. he's been quite uh, relevant recently for various different reasons. And before even getting into what those reasons are, I would say, obviously, we can't speak for everybody, but a lot of people feel, both of us included, and we've mentioned this before on the podcast, I believe, he is uh, an extremely intriguing individual, a very, um, from at least from the outside looking in, from what we can see, um, a very, uh, you know, intelligent, kind of well-rounded, well-versed person, and um, yes, sir, I think he does a, a really good job of giving access to himself through social media and i respect yeah. it because he, de- he certainly doesn't have to 
Yeah, uh, a lot of celebrities def- choose not to in yeah. different ways, and I don't think there's anything wrong with that. But I think um, it's great that he chooses to do that. Absolutely, yeah, and uh, definitely more in recent years than uh, others. Um, obviously, with the you know obviously changing uh, scape of social media, that he's been more prevalent and active and he does his uh meditation classes which i think is very cool that's you know very helpful for so many out there and he does a lot of funny little uh sopranos pictures and whatnot when he's when he's uh promoting those meditation classes i know a lot of people crack up at those it'll be like chris like whacking somebody it'll be like meditation class at nine you know stuff like that but um i i actually again i believe we may have mentioned this but i I have taken many of those meditation classes. I was pretty consistent with it for about five or six months, uh, a year or so back. I haven't been quite as consistent with it recently, candidly, but it's definitely a great class for anybody who's interested. It's it's free. Uh, you'll notice if you follow him on Instagram, he'll he'll let you know all the information you need to do to, in order to you know sign up. And it's a virtual class, and definitely do not do it just to interact with christopher because you're not going to get christopher you're, you're getting michael imperioli and he's there as a teacher and he's very um giving with his time and he, he knows a lot about what he's talking about and they go to ha- have some very deep discussions about buddhism and meditation and a lot of great stuff so if you're interested in it i definitely would suggest it um but again don't don't go looking for christopher because <laughs> you're that, not gonna find yeah that, that's that's not what it's about but like dan said those posts are are very funny <laughs> they definitely are very yeah. very funny yeah great stuff and uh i know he's also active in his uh band zopa that he does as well i believe they're on tour right now um and or i don't know if he's doing i guess he was doing like the some of the talking sopranos uh shows with uh vinnie and steve um doing some of those things and uh as well as i guess touring in between kind of jumping in between a man of many uh you know just uh, a renaissance man if you will yes definitely sure. and um before we even talking to uh, talk about some of his you know recent um work and how he's you know popped up in the media in various different ways different ways recently we dan and i both were lucky enough courtesy of dan having a uh, very generous christmas gift towards uh yours truly we both went to go see the talking sopranos uh show the live show with uh Michael Imperioli, Steve Sharippa, and Vinny Pastor. Um, very, very good time. Uh, definitely a lot of stuff that they had, had, you know, talked about on on the podcast and whatnot. But you're going to get some, definitely some some deeper information and uh, yeah, uh, talk some, about some, it. Some, and just those funny live back and forths between right. like Steve and Vinny and Michael and and Steve and just seeing whatnot, them all live just, together. You, you can't really beat that experience. And absolutely, it's, yes. it's it's well priced, fa- fairly priced, and uh, sure thing, yeah. they give you the fans a kind of question and answer segment. And they they were nice enough to give uh, a lot of people the opportunity to ask questions. And I was lucky enough to be one of those people, and I asked all of them. But Michael was the one who answered uh, specifically how they felt about social media's impact on the show over the last handful of years especially you know post pandemic and constantly whether it's us or one of the many many various other pages or just you know the fans on the show who are on social media who don't dedicate their entire social media presence <laughs> to the sopranos constantly <laughs> making the show and images of christopher quite often viral and you know regularly and uh michael himself said you know he, he found it to be um great and he he really was 
happy with the fact that it was introducing to the show to a, uh, a younger audience and that he was able to kind of connect with the younger audience and see what they are interested in and um you know kind of kind of talked about what that meant to him a- as an actor and just also representing you know the um the success of the show and everything like that but yeah for sure a cool experience dan was Absolutely. dan was handy I enough was, to get it on film it's gonna a little bit in the background there yeah that was yeah. I, cool I, stuff, man. Yeah. I will say great time. I, I will definitely say, um I w I'm not an overly nervous guy when it comes to those type of things. We all have stuff that makes us nervous, but something like that doesn't make me too nervous. So I was pretty relaxed going up there and even, you know, asking the question, I was pretty relaxed. And as I was done answering asking the question, I noticed Michael was making direct eye contact <laughs> with me the entire time, peering directly into my soul. And I was, as he was answering, I was just saying it to myself, "What the fuck?" <laughs> <laughs> I it was just a uh, yeah, it was a very very cool moment just to you know think for think for a second there to have that kind of not really one on one because there was a couple hundred people in that auditorium. I was probably uh, you know I mean, maybe yeah. twenty yards away from him. <laughs> but but still kinda having a direct kind of contact with him and uh like I said, just seeing oh my God, Christopher Michael <laughs> Imperioli himself is staring into my soul. <laughs> oh man. Yeah. yeah. De- yeah definitely a cool experience. Awesome stuff, man. That was that was something else. And like you said, um uh, it was packed out. It was a sold out show, and it was fucking freezing that night. Oh, so, my own! I mean, like two degrees around here. Yeah, I Liter- know. Legitimately, not yeah. a, not a con- an exaggeration. Yeah, and you know, like you you had done a uh, post on Twitter uh, the other day, a couple days ago on like uh, any unpopular opin- opinions about the Sopranos, and you know what you saw you get some people you know that obviously gonna say ah, you know the show after so long you know it's not the best show this and that it's like. Man, they're selling out. You get a few guys from the show just going talking about the show. It's selling out a fucking big theater on a freezing ass night mm-hmm. says a lot, I think. To you know, for me that says a lot. No, I, yeah, yeah, without to a doubt. Each their own, obviously, but everybody's got their opinions. Everybody's got their opinions. Uh, but yes, now let's get into uh, so let's Christopher get to the, the himself. Of, yes, the man of the hour. Oh, well, but quickly before, like I said, he. He's other, been yes. he's been relevant in uh, you know the White Lotus. He was besides, super relevant. That really just being himself in other yeah right. other acting roles. Uh, yeah, White Lotus, the second season. He was pretty well received in that mm-hmm. among the other cast as well. He recently did some type of photo shoot. Uh, th- I I'm not sure who it was for. I, I think oh. it was a, a clothing. Was it Mark Jacobs? I thought I saw that name. Yeah, I, I see. I, I think you're right. Yeah, yeah but sounds right. It was. Uh, it caught people's attention because it seemed like a most. <laughs> there was a lot of people in it, and they were mostly much younger looking than than Michael. And he had a, an outfit that would have looked to go for a much younger looking person. I really like didn't a... think much of it, to be honest with you. But a lot of people on the internet were kind of making some jokes about. Uh, age-related things and, yeah. and whatnot yeah no but that's the thing uh, there's so many uh and there was a recent what was it uh his wife uh showed off their apartment mm-hmm. in, yeah in they've done Manhattan a bunch and like showed off like the all the design like she's an interior designer like a, mm-hmm. a decorator right something like that i think so and um, she at least worked on their house if not as their yeah job. but it and people were joking it looked like something out of the white lotus uh hotel you know it's yeah, you know, he's done pretty, a couple different uh, wardrobe-related photo shoots. 
right uh, like for for specific brands i mean right uh, a couple a, years i think um one he did in a coffee shop that's the, i can't think of the one yeah that's yeah, that's the one that's the, coming for, to mind. i'm forgetting yeah. the brand right now too right but. right right but uh yeah you know he's been he's been around and even people just kind of rehashing some of the stuff he's done over the years his uh, small cameo in the office as sensei billy i know some people have brought that up from time to time chopped um chopped right that was the the other one i wanted to mention he he won uh and they had a i guess a guest star season or something of the sort i think it's just an episode completely or yeah but uh he had won it so yeah yeah. it was like a celebrity episode or something something like that and yeah he he was the winner so a little bit of that uh you know Artie buco rubbed off on him like we said (laughs) he is a renaissance man he's like the uh what is it the dos equis commercial he's (laughs) you know the most interesting man in the most really is yeah (laughs) Yeah, he's just you know so much uh, they're looking to move on from that uh spokesperson (laughs) i think he's a great candidate yeah he's got the uh he's got the hair definitely you know going for yeah. Even though I don't know if there'd be, because he, he did a different, um, what was it, a tequila? He was it eighteen hundred? Right, that I was. I think it might have been eighteen hundred. Yeah, yeah. Right. that was much closer. Not during the show, but much closer to the period to of the era, show. Yeah, for sure. Speaking yeah. of the show, now let's get <laughs> into let's it. Let's get yeah. into it. Let's and into one the, one of the things when when Dan and I put together these podcasts, we kind of create our own notes, and then before the show, we kind of have a little bit of a rundown. Not too much because we want to save it for the show, but. Uh, a little bit of a rundown of what we each have. And we both kind of pinpointed, for obvious reasons, the arc. Yes. Uh, <laughs> kind of for different reasons, but for obvious reasons, we, we pinpointed that. And I'll start by saying, and we'll explain it in full throughout kind of this episode. It's very interesting, in a way, that he is the one who says the line, you know, where's my fucking arc, Paulie? <laughs> And yeah, very meta, as I was as I was saying to you before, <laughs> because in a lot of ways, other than Tony, he probably has the most interesting and packed arc of any character in the show. Um, and that creates for a lot of his relatability and a lot of his likability and things like that. But when you and again, this is what we're going to talk about. But when you look at him versus some of the other characters besides Tony, he definitely has the most, you know, drama within his own life, the most storylines that he's dealing with within his own personal mm-hmm. life, and then the drama or interactions between the characters within the show, you know, like Paulie, Tony, his relationship with Adriana is such a focal point of the show, becomes such a such a big talking point within, you know, fans of the show. Yep. And it's just really interesting. I don't know. We, we were talking about it. Is that something that they wrote in maybe kind of knowing if they had the ability to flesh it out that they would go down that road? David Chase has spoken about that they really didn't plan for season one leading to long-term success. So is it something that maybe once they were writing moving forward that they look back and they said we have we, there was something there in that episode and early on? You know, thinking of the other characters, you don't really get such a, a fleshed out story between one and their significant other as you do, like Tony and Carmela, obviously, but uh, Chris and Adriana, you don't get such, you know, you don't get Silvio and Gabby as much, uh, you know, you don't get, uh, obviously, Bobby and uh, Karen for obvious reasons, uh, and, um, you know, maybe from Janice's side you see it, but that's kind of more, you know, kind of different uh side there but and they're not as long term throughout the show because they're she has a few different relationships there right exactly yeah so you get those few few different ones but um 
yeah, I feel like you don't get that same kind of uh, that you get, you know, with the with Chris and Aid that, uh, you know, that's similar to that, that, that main Tony and uh, Carmella type uh, spiel going on. And he is one of the top billed actors in the show. And, and they've, you know, actors, and I believe they mentioned this on the po- podcast that usually coincides, you know, A, notability and B, kind of the amount of work in the show. Another thing I just remembered, directed a few episodes. Right. I yeah, forget yeah. how many, five, six. I, He's yeah, good I think at, it like was five. Handful, something yeah. like that. Yes. Man, man of many. Yeah. Right. When you talk man about the, his renaissance man ability, he, he wrote. I Never believe ended, it was yeah. um, the summer of Sam, which then right. Spike Lee Spike ended up directing it, and yeah. he had a small part in it, and he was in it, yeah. And I believe he said it 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 conflicted a little bit with the shooting of the first season, but he was able to work his schedule to get a day off to shoot his the small parts that he had in the movie. I believe he said that in one of the talking right. Sopranos. It was it was around the same time, yeah. Yeah, it sounds yeah. about right. And that was if you haven't seen it, that was, it's a very good movie, yeah. a very uh, kind of artistically visually interesting way the way uh the way it's shot of course you know spike lee and kind of what he does yeah. but still it's it's a very very well well written movie about um the son of sam and what went on in that you know that summer and if you're not familiar with that story yeah figure that out <laughs> on another podcast <laughs> yes sir uh, but but yes th- definitely you know he you might some people might say you know of course he has you know that might the, that much of a uh, character arc and emphasis on the show because he's such a big character but when you ask fans of the, you know favorite characters of the show or who they like the most you know christopher is not always the first one w- referencing that unpopular opinion post we had a handful <laughs> of people say they couldn't stand any of his uh scenes and that they hated whenever he was on the show yeah that that those ones surprised me those unpopular opinions, yeah, I guess, definitely you know. i guess surprised that's, me, that's the know. point of it you know yeah. <laughs> but again you know it's always interests me but but yeah tony takes up so much of the show that i think sometimes you can kind of just lump everybody else together right but yeah really really thinking about and some are more like minor you know they they're i guess they're seeming to be more minor and then they have kind of they have their i guess all their arcs are at different points really they are more of a climax of like you know something more serious going on that uh is more prominent and forward in the story and leading in the in the episodes and whatnot. But Paul, uh, oh, sorry, yeah. and, uh, not to cut you yeah. off. Sorry, no. Pauly definitely towards the end became a much that's yeah, much that's, bigger focal point. Mind. Right, but exactly as many people involved in the show have mentioned, a lot of that had to do with Tony Sirico growing a, as an actor, less as you know Pauly himself. I think it was you know kind of twofold because Pauly was was so beloved and. They obviously realized they had something there, and also realized that Tony Sirica was able to carry it. Yeah, yeah. For his character, I guess they realized the potential of all right. Where can we take? Where can we take this ultimately? And uh, same with Carmela too. I think obviously she's you know because Tony's wife, but I feel like she's kind of splits off and kind of does you know some of her own things. That's not so led by Tony. But I would, I would still say. I, I I agree with you. I think after Christopher, I would have to say it would be Carmela, but I would still say Christopher is in definitely a kind of league of his own beyond Tony or besides Tony when it when it comes to a, a character arc. So right. again, to to our point, like Dan said, kind of a meta, funny kind of way that um that line came from him, and it kind of turns out throughout the show being quite the opposite in terms of it really has 
qu- quite the arc. Yes. <laughs> and like he's mentioning that for his screenplay uh, purposes, which uh, he brings up uh, right in the pilot episode, but that carries on obviously through and, and really brings him to some, some heights that I guess uh, didn't think, uh, maybe he didn't think you'd get to. But uh, obviously his mob influences help that along. <laughs> uh, right. And that to that point, it's just that's such an interesting uh, aspect of, you know, quote unquote, his arc, because like you said, that's right there in the pilot and you see the reaction it gets out of Tony. Tony's ready to rip his head off right there in the moment just from mentioning it. Oh, yeah. And, yeah. you know, think later on when we see the demise of christopher the movie i I don't know that it's the cause but it's if if nothing else it's the you know one of the last nails in his coffin when tony really comes to the realization that subconsciously or not he's (laughs) he's involved in in the story of of uh, of cleaver right right you know it's funny a little kind of interlude here i wanted to mention as well um because when Chris is talking later with John Favreau about like making a mob movie and John Favreau's mentioning uh, crazy Sweet. Joe Gallo and that he wanted to paint and do all this stuff like that but he didn't want to obviously show all those things being this mob guy I actually had a little inside story on that I had a former co-worker he used to work at a little art store uh, downtown in Manhattan back in like 60s 70s and uh, actually ran into crazy Joe Gallo one time buying art supplies for apparently for his niece but maybe didn't want to let on that he was buying them for uh you know himself <laughs> to do some some actual painting but it's kind of this uh, these mob guys expressing themselves in any kind of way obviously with the whole doing a screenplay on on your mob life that's big no-no so understand that but these guys don't really kind of get to express themselves in an artistic way it's maybe seen as not so masculine for for those guys but it's not you know, even just getting into doing a screenplay and he does the acting class that Aid gets for him as well. That's, you know, kind of something that he keeps under wraps. He doesn't tell the guy, yeah, I went and did an acting class. You know, it's just something that he keeps to himself. But, you know, it's... And to your point, you can we see the emotional reaction it gets out of him. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And, yeah, Chris, Chris what a hell of an actor. You would have thought he was uh, an actual actor or something. Oh, <laughs> And I, I'm at least m- I think my final point with with this whole arc thing, specifically when it comes to to the the family, the crew, he has by far the fullest arc. He starts off in the show. He is not even a made man. He's not a you know he's close. We 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 see him kind of dealing with the angst of being that close and thinking that he should already be made and blah blah blah. He eventually becomes a made man. We see then a lot of angst that is comes from the rest of the crew as he's quickly moving up the ranks we see it from paulie specifically which we'll get into a little bit right um dan mentioned even <laughs> before we started this uh we, we see it a little bit from sylvia with the no-show jobs and how right. he completely disregards christopher with the uh with um <clears throat> with that whole situation his very sudden rise up the ladder he then gets so far up the ladder that he is Tony's uh, pick to, you know, lead the family into the next millennium. So the 21st century. Right, right. Excuse me. <laughs> right, right, right. Are we We're in the 21st century. century. <laughs> Excuse me. Um, um, and then, of course, we see him fall from 
that pedestal before even his death and that kind of is partially you know you know plays a little bit of a factor but tony realizes well before christopher's death that he's not going to be able to live up to that standard and he's going to have to start after after not too long starting to give christopher that really secondary type of feel and you know the people were gonna you know sill and paulie were gonna report to him (laughs) he quickly you know starts to realize he's he's not going to be able to do that he has that conversation with bobby out in the water and um you know it's a disappointment to him so yeah when you consider that that's that's a full arc he started at the bottom he got to almost to the top got his way back down to the bottom and uh you know that's just again that's that's within his own standing of just the crew itself yeah and i think in between there's so much up and down that's not really experienced from many other characters he gets he gets almost fucking assassinated, whacked at one point. It was assassinated. And that's so official sounding. Uh, yeah. Um, which I guess only Tony was maybe the, you know, well, I guess a lot of them get whacked, but you know, the, the attempted whack in that kind of sense to survive it, um, in such a sense. Yeah. I guess the only other one who gets shot at besides Tony is Bobby with the eye. Right, right. Sill right. and pa- Sill and Paulie, you know, other than Sill's ending, because he's right. not he's not exactly dead. Uh, Paulie, we see him in in some fights, but he never he never gets clipped, never takes a bullet. Yeah, but to even I mean, there are guys that get B and Z, and you know, Paulie, uh, little Paulie. Right, talking about out you know the main guys, of course. Yeah, but. Um, just like yeah, something that's so focused on one character. That situation was, I mean, the whole one episode was the all. They're all in the hospital for him. That whole, whole episode is just one of all one of the episodes he wrote surrounding right. That was from, uh, where, from, to from where to eternity. Right, great episode and uh, another prominent part where uh, Chris mentions the whole you know going to hell and purgatory and kind of just bringing this whole, you know, more deeper existential aspect to the show through his character and um yeah just uh you know uh, his uh, drug related you know the dr- addi- right, his addiction the, problems yes, and the ups absolutely. and downs with that the uh not having a father not uh having mm-hmm. Vicky around it's uh that's played on at a few points throughout the show and um just a very fleshed out character Absolutely. And like I was saying before with the significant other, I feel like his stuff with Adriana is just as focused on as the Tony Carmella stuff, you know, beyond any other character you can really think of. And when you want to talk about impact on the fan base, I I would argue that that relationship is probably focused on even more positively or negatively because there's a very, very polarizing view of the two of them, especially together. And especially Adriana, and, and which we're not focused on too much here, but especially with Adriana's, you know, impact on the family and their relationship with the, you know, t- uh, being an informant and everything with that. Right. But yeah, de- definitely extremely, uh, mu- very much so a focal point of, of the show was that relationship. And I think that leads as a perfect segue to another point that I wanted to make, which is... Of course, when I'm when I'm going to talk about relatable, you know, let's disregard the fact that many of us can't really relate to these to these characters because <laughs> we're not murderers, we're not you know killers, we're not we're not in the mafia, we don't do these things that they did. So hopefully, at least, we're not as terrible as these people. So you know, because people 
always take it so far when there's any type of joke about Christopher or Adriana on the internet and yeah. like any type of comparison to like a normal day <laughs> setting and blah 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 and yeah I'm I'm gonna leave him being a murderer and him being an abuser and, and some of those things out of it when I talk about him being a relatable character right. I'm not however gonna leave out the drug addiction stuff because for some people obvi- for obvious reasons and it's an extremely relatable thing and I have heard, I I am I have not dealt with this myself, and I don't know anybody too personally who's dealt with it, but I have heard his portrayal of it and the kind of up and down nature throughout the show comes across as pretty authentic. Right, yeah. And yeah. I, I think for people who, you know, need that story to tell, they appreciate that that's, that, you know, the way he tells that story and the fact that, it's told in, in the show number one so he's very relatable to anybody within you know that that community absolutely and then as we're watching uh legend of tennessee multisanta here <laughs> one of the lines one of the very famous lines from the show the you know the fucking regular regularness mm-hmm. of life which mm-hmm. kind of you know maybe plays into a little bit of the drug stuff could be almost a little bit of foreshadowing of that in a in a little bit of a sense not not too directly right but yeah just the way he's constantly at battle with himself and with getting everything like always being late always messing up getting things wrong constantly getting you know stepping in it whether it's you know uh, we don't have to get over all all the different ways where he shows up late and he does stupid things and (laughs) the stuff with brendan early on and uh, blah 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 but he's constantly getting you know shooting himself in the foot he's a constant rake stepper yep that's a good way to put it and I, I think, you know, I, I think a lot of those kind of deeper emotions that people don't always talk about are some of the things that make this show great is because they're they're embedded in the show and they become very relatable. Some mental health stuff, depression stuff, you know, thoughts about life, you know, morality, mortality. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. When it's carried on by a particular character, you know, you get AJ talking about, you know, God is God is dead. And obviously Tony's deeper conversations with Melfi and and stuff like that. But when you get it through somebody like Christopher, it's just there's almost a somewhat humorous aspect in, in some of the ways he delivers it. Like fucking regular regularness mm-hmm. of life is like it's like such an unserious way of saying it, but it's so true and just kind of resonates with so many people on the, on that that deep level because it's like truly the fucking regularness of life. You know, so many can relate to that idea. Um, but um, yeah. Sorry if I you're gonna... no, no, hundred percent. Like you said, like it's you don't even necessarily to have to have some of the problems that he had. But people, people who wake up every day doing the same nine to five, sitting in the same traffic, going to sit in the same cubicle, or you know whatever the story is that just makes it really difficult to do it every day, you can just relate to that, and you can relate to maybe somebody who is a little bit of their own worst enemy at times, which he most definitely is in uh, many different occasions. Right. Right. Um, so yeah, I, again, I, I think there are tons of different aspects from many different characters that are extremely re- relatable. And for me personally, like I said, I'm, I'm not a drug addict and I'm not in the mafia. I've never committed <laughs> a violent crime and never committed any crime. So I am not related, relating to him in any of those aspects, but I still found him to be the most relatable for me. And I, from just just canvassing what we see on our Twitter page, I get a lot of that 
you don't get a ton of that response because again these are murderers so that's not necessarily what you're looking at it for some of the storylines that they talk about are very relatable and then again like you said just the way that christopher particularly lays it out in a very kind of humanizing honest way comes across very relatable to to a lot of people sure absolutely yeah and um back to the uh point i was going to make before um so i wanted to say um back with christopher and the regularness of life um also you don't get um too many moments where chris feels fully content i feel like where he's at i feel like he's constantly struggling to fulfill himself and uh, from the get-go you get this um this feeling that he he's deserving of more you know from the triborough towers i should be made boom right then from a pilot episode it's like you know boom i should be made right then and there for fucking whacking email cola you know it's like kind of uh extravagant extravagant kind of a sense that he has um in this crew and maybe just because he thinks he's tony's uh nephew that he has this right to so much and dickie moltisanti even as well and tony kind of feeds into him all these, you know, your dad was such a great guy, really looked up, you know, stand-up guy, this and that. So it kind of really makes Chris feel like he has to reach that height as well, as well as um, it just feels like he has to prove himself so many times, and whether that's through having to do his screenplay or shooting a baker in the foot or, you know, it's, yeah, it's a lot of great moments of uh, of Chrissy. um just trying to make it you know and i i think that's also you know what you talked about with the connection to to tony and him moving up and and feeling like he kind of has to work against that at certain points or things like that i i think he also at times struggles to realize or is or is unwilling to accept that that's a reality of his story is that he is aided by that and that I think at times he doesn't quite understand um, when that's a reality and when when that's not something you can rely on. You know, we see when he takes over for Paulie's uh, Paulie sports book and he doesn't doesn't uh, doesn't meet his first his first <laughs> week and he thinks he's just going to get away with it and Paulie's going to say no big deal, don't Welcome worry to about the it. NFL rookie, <laughs> right? And and of course Paulie's the complete opposite of that and he actually makes him give him more money because of that. <laughs> So he, he just seems to he, he's unable to pick the moments when it does and when it doesn't apply and, and when he when his standing or whatever it is is worth uh, standing on or when it's worth you know falling back on and yeah he just definitely like you said he's never content and he's just never at ease he's always up he's always fighting with something usually within himself but there's there's just always some some type of conflict going on and you don't necessarily see that with some of the other guys um right yeah i was saying to you before when we were chatting like you don't see it with silvio he's kind of content where he's at it's not struggling to really have a higher position you know scheming to make money here and there but you know nothing like um these other characters they're kind of just going at their own pace where chris is really he's gripping and climbing up that mountain you know he's paulie starts to dabble in a little bit with the new york stuff towards the end season four and 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 beyond a little bit but again we talked about that that some of that has to do with tony sirico specifically emerging as you know a good actor a really good actor and the character 
you know, evolving and becoming more beloved. But no, no doubt from from Jump Street all the way to the end, he has the most amount of, you know, just kind of, kind of conflict within himself. Right. Like like Chris, like I said, wanted to be made from the pilot. Then he finally gets made, at, you know, after being shy. He's like, hey, I got no spleen, Gene. You know, it's just, you know, finally. But you see, like, somebody like Bobby get made, which was another, like, interesting, like, ah, as Bobby get made, you know, he doesn't really whack anybody or, you know he's just kind of there doing his thing but uh he's just like yeah you know it's about time it happened you know <laughs> just he's just kind of going at his own pace he doesn't you know it's just like all right it got made all right that's cool you know <laughs> just yeah, i feel like with some of the other characters maybe, maybe that's not the best example no <laughs> no definitely because but, it's um, not until the very end when janice puts the throttle on him that he should start like trying to move up even more right and that's ultimately who tony want decides right. re- over chris that he's gonna put uh you know the position possibly into his hands so yeah so maybe maybe a decent example actually so. no definitely but um yeah um what else uh, uh well to, to you know speaking of like the tony stuff i i, I think that that's an extremely critical dynamic in the show is is the two of them they play they they create a very interesting dynamic in the sense that it has kind of a father son feel at a lot of different times which is interesting because tony has a son in the show and he's responsible <laughs> for for those type of emotions too right but because of the non family family ties that tony has to christopher as his non uncle uncle right he he does kind of play that role to him as that kind of fatherly fatherly figure at times in in certain ways because at other points he's very much at war with Christopher. Right, right. One of those main things that Christopher kind of re- falls back on and kind of goes back and forth with a little bit is the I don't know the word I'm looking for, but but just how grateful he is for Tony towards tony for letting him know about his father and what happened and right. you know that's, making that, that right that's like a gift to him that you know that he yeah gives him that like all right like i'm I'm giving you this like an honor kill basically you know just to get this uh revenge revenge uh, revenge for your father you know and christopher talks about how much he looked up to tony growing up and how you know he like idolized him and right. tony and tony b but you know re- really tony and same it, sense that Tony talks talks about Dicky. Right. Right. A hundred percent. And Christopher or Christopher comes up in therapy and Tony mentions that he loves Christopher. You know, I don't I don't necessarily know that he would love Paulie or even Silvio in that kind of way. You know, he would definitely love them, but in a in a different kind of way, I, I think. And I I just feel that that's a very important aspect of the show, even though it's not one of the things that drives the show by any means right but but it still adds so much uh so much of a relatable aspect for for viewers you know you can even though again right they're talking that and that's such the beauty of the show is that they're doing things that are so terrible and so heinous all the time but we still find out find them many times the moments and the emotions and the conversations and the conflicts to uh, to be very relatable and yeah. just I think that's the thing because the emotions can transcend certain acts. So it's like while we can't relate, like all right, on those levels, it's there's still something there. Mm-hmm. And and I, just the way when they're always doing anything together, Tony and Christopher, and he always has that kind of 
oh shucks almost kind of like <laughs> always getting everything wrong and you know being kind of stupid and tony's got to you know hop in there and get it done you know almost i think a great moment of it is um when they're taking care of ralphie and when christopher comes in you know when towards the end when they're taking care of his body christopher or tony rather has to hop up on the rig because Christopher can't get it done. Tony, right. you know, one, right. two, three, like it's nothing. It should mess with your hand-eye co- coordination. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I was, I, w- I was just envisioning, the, just envisioning the scene. But uh, yeah, it's um, I, th- I think it's, I think it's a, mo- it's a um, element of the show that character watchers, viewers, really appreciate. Even though, um, again, it's kind of interesting in the fact that Tony does actually have his own son in the show. Yeah, that uh, plus another character I was going to mention because it's a similar dynamic that so like that Tony has to Chris. He also has with Jackie Jr. in a way because Jackie Jr. also well, with kind of without a father, at, well, you know, at, at a certain point. And uh, Tony, you know, tries to take him under his wing as best he could. Maybe not so much, you know. And he also there's also Ralphie being a bad influence on him as well. But it's a similar dynamic because he's uh, maybe more so he wants Jackie to be more like he wants to see like AJ go. You know, he wants him to go to college. He wants him to do he wants him to get on the right path. He doesn't want to see him going into the So it's maybe not the same as the way he sees Christopher. But then there's obviously a point where he's like, all right, the kid's kind of too far gone down that path. Tony hears he's always hanging out with Dino or whatever. It's just like, all right, you know, he, he knows he's hanging out with him. He's buddying up to go do criminal activities, which, I, uh, sorry. No, no, no. You finish your point. No, I was just going to say, which results, you know, then Jackie, uh, you know, tries to, you know, one-up himself in the crew and shoot up the card game. And that results in uh, Christopher, when he kind of uh, questions Tony's leadership, he, he literally says, he's like, you know, I've... I think I have to fucking question your leadership, T. And he's just like Tony. That's one of his, one of his top lines. I say he grabs and he says, uh, "I don't care if you love me, but you will respect me." You know, just mm-hmm. holding him up against the wall. That's just great stuff, you know, and just such emotional stuff from Tony because you know it's just it's again bring it back down to that business level. But rather than family, you know, like rather than love, it's like I don't care if you love me, you will respect me. It's Machiavellian in a way just uh you know yeah yeah and speaking Machia, of Machiavelli <laughs> Machiavelli and um <laughs> you, you kind of mentioned it a little bit earlier the the Jackie Jr. Christopher dynamic is also it's not a super important one throughout the show because Jackie Jr. is not the longest lasting character in the show but it's still an interesting dynamic because it kind of goes back and forth and and Christopher has a lot of kind of unspoken to at least Jackie Jr. a little bit spoken towards Tony animosity towards the fact that Tony is kind of looking out for him and he does want to keep him not involved with this with the crime family and everything like that and Tony or Christopher rather doesn't understand what was the difference between him and me and how come I was it's how come it's good enough for me but it's not good enough for him right and I you know you could definitely I think a siblings growing up whether it's within the family or cousins or maybe even a younger kid and just with a friend growing up and you see how come something's not good enough for me, but it's good enough for him and vice versa. I think a lot of people, you know, have felt that type of feeling in their life and felt that type of jealousy or maybe even later on in work when you maybe have, you have a work friend or somebody you don't like at work and 
they're moving up and you don't understand why and blah 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 right, right. and it just quite honestly might not even be fair and for christopher you know what <laughs> probably wasn't fair what really was the difference yeah you know I, absolutely yeah other than i guess the fact that uh jackie senior was al- was alive long enough to be adamant as uh jackie jr was growing up that he didn't want his son in this as opposed to dickie dying you know very earlier on in christopher's life and wasn't able to you know repeatedly say all the time as he was getting older that you know he's going to go to college and this that and the other yeah uh, you know otherwise what's what's really the difference that's absolutely I mean, a good point it's you know why chris maybe talking about the screenplay stuff maybe tony says smacks him around and says all right stop with the mob stuff just do something else but you know in line with that you know go to school do something with that maybe you know or male modeling you know but you know he doesn't want to be with those kind of people (laughs) (laughs) we all know he would be a success so it's not worth it but no yeah it's definitely a very interesting point to consider there's really no difference that both of their fathers are gone they're at that's at a similar age they're neither one of them is the brightest bulb of, of the bunch right yeah no they're yeah they're so, very very equal in personalities and who they are as you know as people in their in their positions in those families and uh great point <laughs> honestly yeah i didn't think of it that way so. oh, but, but, and then and <laughs> then he, the, you know when we talk out these things like oh this, you what know, do you know no, hope, def- hope you people out there appreciate this shit. Uh, yes, yes, we we neither one of us had thought about that, but, but until just now. But yeah, it's, that's oh, that's it's a good point, uh, and maybe that's why they, you know, that could be a very good point to why they put somebody like Jackie Junior there, um, kind of create that to, to kind of yeah create that, that, that kind of yeah that rigid kind of like all right they're kind of in these same positions but kind of split paths here, which Jackie Junior wants to. And he and he calls up Chris to you know it's kind of this you know and what was I gonna say you know what Jackie Jr. he doesn't really pay the respect to Christopher which is the kind of way that Christopher starts out he doesn't want to pay the respect you know right Tony and, says you know you pay the respect the acting boss demands of you and you know Chris is like fuck it I'm not paying you know like shit like that you know but it's like same way with Jackie Jr. he doesn't want to give the respect and uh, you know move his way up he just kind of wants to use that. Uh, uh, father my my father but, <laughs> but then it's kind of funny because they do kind of you know they they work together for a little bit when they do that hit at the college i guess exactly. it is right yeah uh, so they they buddy up a little bit and christopher so says he handled himself well i don't know i've always kind of wondered is that maybe him trying to play a little uh reverse psychology on tony to try and get him oh you know what tony you, you really should like, reconsider like it, it, you know getting him involved because he actually did a pretty good job on i said he pissed his pants <laughs> but, <laughs> You know, if you leave that part out of the <laughs> equation, you know, I mean, hey, pants, you, we, know. you know, we all piss our pants living here now, Tom. I mean, what are you, what are you, gonna, you really going to hold that against the kid? I mean, come on. Yeah. He did number two in his pants. Yeah, <laughs> he didn't even, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he one-upped him, actually. <laughs> That's not fucking true. <laughs> what they own. said. <laughs> what was that guy's name? Yo-Yo something. He was like playing with the Yo-Yo. Yo-Yo Mendez. He's my, Yo-Yo Mendez. I think he's my favorite character <laughs> in the show, to be honest be with you. the best name, and like he's playing with yep. the Yo-Yo. He's strangling <laughs> with the Yo-Yo. It's excellent fucking writing. The, the, way, the way Christopher comes into the Bing and the way he says, <laughs> you know, Yo-Yo Mendez. <laughs> the way he says it. <laughs> he tells me it's not my corner no more. <laughs> oh, God. 
<laughs> no, but I'm really not kidding. It's truly, it's definitely my favorite name in the show, without a doubt. And oh, for that God. reason, he's high ranking on my list of favorite characters, even though we see him for all of, I don't know, 35 seconds, maybe. Yep. Yeah. Great yeah. stuff. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he's got, what, two scenes as a. Yeah, great stuff. Great stuff. Oh, my God. And and back to what you're saying, too, because um, you were saying before with the Pauly and uh, yes, Chris getting, Chris getting that. Oh, sorry if I was gonna. No, that was that was the segue. So you you seg us. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. So um, yeah, it's kind of that. Uh, so yeah, no. What were, you, what were you gonna say with that? With no, you? just how yeah. that's another very important dynamic. The relationship between the two of them is in a very important dynamic that's carried out not through the very beginning of the show, maybe two season three, where there starts to be the Pine Barrens is really. I think the really beginning of it yeah. where you really start right. to see that tension between the two. Absolutely. Yeah. And, um, you know, cause you, Christopher really, we, you could tell within watching that episode that Christopher ha- really wants no part of taking Paulie's side here, but he kind of knows he's kind of screwed because that's not how you work within the family. So you kind of have no choice in that moment when you're in the car and you have to, you know, later on the end of the episode when Christopher has to tell Tony that, the guy Valerie lunged at Paulie first and Paulie had no choice. There was nothing he could do. Mm-hmm. You either rat on Tony on Paulie, which you, that's just not what they do. Or you kind of have to just go along with it. But yeah, he wants no part of it because the whole situation had no, there was no reason for it to happen. It had everything to do with Paulie just being a lunatic and being on a power <laughs> trip and him being pissed <laughs> off that he was even there to begin with. Cause it was yeah. Sills money and he was getting his manicure and he had to meet his ma, I think it was. Right. And yeah, uh, so Paulie was just being pissy. He had to break the universal remote and, uh, and all right. could have been avoided. And basically from there up until Christopher's death, it, it goes back and forth because we see them reconcile a couple times. Uh, but Paulie even talks about how important Christopher is to him and the relationship that, that the two of them have, you know, st- with the, we talked about a little bit earlier with, with the sports book stuff and, you know, welcome to the NFL rookie, yeah. every, everything going along with that, that, uh, that whole storyline. I think it's, like I said, it's an important one throughout the show because it just, I, Again, it's yeah. another thing. It's that's that's maybe more of like a work relationship type of relatability type of thing because there's a great age gap. So that's not necessarily a friend or even even a a family like an uncle and a ne- a nephew almost t- type of thing. But you know, somebody that you work with who you don't want to work with, and sometimes when you get stuck working with him, you know it's going to be a headache. And then other times you can kind of <laughs> deal with it and you get along and you guys make you do well together. But at the end of the day. You know, like you're kind of just button heads and it's going to come back to one one way or another. It's going to pop back up. And it's, you know, it's kind of, I don't know about any of you, but I could definitely think of some people <laughs> that, you know, I've worked with who I've felt that way before. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. No, that's a perfect example of that. Um, I think, you know, they, they show some points of camaraderie throughout, but um, that's different from maybe other characters. Maybe like a Pauly Sill relationship. I mean, they kind of maybe go back a bit of ways, whereas, you know, maybe, you know, Pauly and Chris, like you said, the kind of age gap, they only have what they have in the show's time to, you know, really create some sort of relationship. Um, which, uh, yeah, it's, it's a love hate, maybe more hate than love, but yeah. Yeah, <laughs> I, I would say probably a little bit more love than hate, but. There's definitely, you know, Paulie says, you know, you're special to me, kid. <laughs> right. 
No, but that's, you know, with the whole art conversation, him checking up on Chris. Like, I feel like the, the, there are moments where he reaches out in a way that's like, all right, you're kind of, you're really looking out for this kid in a way that is like, t- Tony's not even like, you know, maybe a little bit, but, uh, you know, it's. There's also a new school, old school kind of way. Not not overly so, but, but you know, Paul, he's not, not he, he's more traditional, but as we learn throughout the show, he, he's willing to bend more than he, he admits he is. But Christopher, like like we kind of talked about, he, he doesn't always just fly in the way of tradition just because, and that's kind of what we talked about earlier with the whole not giving him his money and thinking he was just going to say like, oh, I was a little bit short this week. It's no problem, right? I right, mean, right. It's just not and something that flies in their, in their world. Absolutely, yeah. And saying... Uh, earlier too with the with Chris just wanting to kind of jump up the ladder and just not have to pay his dues and everything obviously he gets into it with Paulie a few times but not paying paying the bill and that resulted in the uh the poor waiter uh you know getting, poor getting bastard, the, getting, <laughs> he's not stopping this asshole <laughs> <laughs> and then it's just it's such a fun to call him an asshole in that moment <laughs> uh, was, uh, so totally good. fucked up scene but then, but then so fucked up but then so he, good, he calls him the next day he's just like we'll see you know one of us could have gotten hurt or even killed it's <laughs> just like they, they killed the guy like i always hilarious i shit. always though in that scene when he says that i think and maybe maybe it's obvious to a lot of people, but I think he like he pulls one over on Chrissy without noticing, based off of just like kind of deduction a little bit. So Chrissy paid the bill, the the waiter walked away with it. Paulie took the bill. On the phone call, Paulie says he'll he'll split the bill with him, or he'll or he'll split the money with him. But when he ran off, he grabbed the money. That's my money, Paulie. Right. So he's gonna split it with Christopher, but it was entirely he Christopher's. All the money. Right. So and Christopher's Christopher shakes his head. He's like, "All right, you're a good guy." Oh, and yeah, one hundred percent. It was entirely Christopher's money oh. that he said, "I'm just gonna I'll split it with you, Chrissy." Very clever. Yeah. So he. Uh, what a snake. Uh, yeah, he, he, <laughs> I, unless you know, unless it's one of those rare moments where they just didn't really consider the because it's a very small thing but i guess really i forget he he screams it, and he they make a point because the, it's when they're like panning away that's my money paulie right yeah so you know what it probably it probably is that because there's a there's a few other moments throughout the show where he's not the only one where where these guys do that where they kind of you know oh yeah wink wink i got you covered mm-hmm. and but they're really they're and they make reference to it before and at other points like you know can i can i tr- you know i trust him to kick up a full share you fucking kidding me mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. it's it's kind of one of those unspoken things that uh, they didn't necessarily have the ability to always check the exact uh, dollar figures of what was right. owed and and whatnot. But yeah, I think that's one of those moments. He, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I got you, my friend. Oh man, very good, man. Oh, yeah. I would say beyond that, I don't know if you had anything more on on the Pauly topic. On Pauly. Um, just also, I mean, that, that, uh, tension, I mean, kind of results to some of the, uh, end stuff with Chris with, um, Paulie kind of, uh, they, so they, they reconcile after, so they have that spat with the, uh, uh, which happens first to, uh, he fucks up Christopher's lawn. And then he throws little Polly out the window. 
I forget if uh, a couple other things happened in between there. But regardless, they they're they're having the I drink. Tony's I, like, "Oh, Paulie's at the bar." He's like, "Oh, let me let me uh, buy him a drink." I think. And then he asks, he's Paulie like, "Oh, how's because he because he asked about little Paulie. He's, he's fucked up." <laughs> yeah, I think little Paulie might be first because because after when he calls, <laughs> yeah, he's fucked up. <laughs> fucked up. <laughs> when when Christopher calls Tony to tell him, he says, "I'm not gonna do anything." Because I care about my work, something like that. He's like, I'm gonna, right. I'm, gonna, I'm gonna sit and I'm gonna wait for you and tell me what to do, blah blah blah. So I think the little Pauly thing, I think that might have been first, and then the the lawn, yeah. Because then he's he's talking on the phone while he's like driving over his lawn, yeah, right? Yeah, because yeah. he because he comes from a meeting with Tony talking about what he just did, and he was like, okay, I'll you know I got to do something, you know, I'll apologize or blah blah blah. Right. And then the, I believe right. the next right. scene is him is Christopher from the lawn calling to he drove on the he drove on the lawn. Right. He, right. He terrified. I forget exactly what he says, but it is it's it's another good one. Two thousands of dollars. Yeah. Landscaping. What the fuck? Terrorize Kelly and the baby. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! Yeah, but that's um, that's uh, well, not to jump ahead. Well, so the, so that you know, so they reconcile at the bar there, and then Paulie joking kind of gets them in that that incredible moment with that mm. slow mo panning around the everybody laughing. Tony, Christopher having his same kind of Tony moment that he has with the you know everybody laughing with you or that or at you you know kind of uh, thing but um yeah that leads him to going to JT which uh you know doesn't end well for JT but uh he's kind of reaching out for a friend trying to find somebody which he doesn't have many throughout which we were talking about that before like does Chris really have any friends like a real you know buddy he can go to like uh Tony maybe as Artie or Sill like there you know could even be argued yes or no but um does Chris really have anybody and it's like kind of you know he's got family which sure you you know can consider friends but you know like real friend like that you know that he, he could reach out to and he tries to reach out to JT and there's just uh you know you're in the mafia so bang <laughs> and Brendan was the only one really and Brendan, he didn't last long obviously Brendan was the only one and you know, maybe not the best influence on him, yeah, but, but uh, you know, hey, that that was his boy, you know. Um, and, of course, he does have Adriana, but not at this point in the show towards the right. very end. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. And, yeah, significant other that could absolutely be considered your friend. You know, that's somebody, you're, you know, you confide with and, and all that stuff. Um, but, uh, you know, when Paulie's joking with Chris there, you know, and Chris looking around, he's like, he's got nobody. He goes to JT, doesn't even have fucking JT. You know, he's just very down and out and lonely at that point. And it's like, it's leading into the end of his arc. And that's, you know, kind of, uh, yeah, it's a yeah. Sad, sad, sad point for Chrissy, but, uh, back to, uh, I was going to say with Kelly, um, it's an interesting kind of rebound. Cause you get almost after Adriana, it's because you know he goes and does his uh his cleaver stuff and he's almost kind of on it seems like things are going well for chris like he's gonna you know they he's with kelly they're gonna have a kid things are kind of looking up for him and he's obviously angry with tony having a lot of tension but you can see he's kind of splitting away from the mob kind of stuff he's not showing up at the bing they're saying and kind of all this stuff but um it just shows that I I feel like it's 
interesting to Christopher. He he kind of wanted better for himself. To me, it feels like you know over his whole arc, it's like I feel like at the end of it of all times, it's like you know it's like that's really where things are like all right, maybe things are gonna be okay. You know, it's like despite of everything that happened and you know, but yeah. And then you get to like an episode like the ride, and that kind of brings it back into perspective. Like, ah, oh, man, this guy's really in gri- Tony's grips. You know, it's yeah, but. yeah. I I I think his his ending. There, there's so much there for for what you're kind of just talking about, and the way you kind of connected it there with Paulie and that comment, and and just all the different stuff. Like you said, reaching out to different people or trying to reach out to JT rather and realizing, you know, you don't have many people. And that's, that's something that so many of them deal with because they can't really talk like, like, you know, as JT says, Chris, you're in the mafia. (laughs) You know, you can't talk about this stuff to anybody, but the people who are in it. And then that, in that case, you have to be very careful about what you say and who you say it to. And yeah, it definitely, um, like you say that, that plays a huge ass, plays a huge role into, you know, feeling so helpless and, because he's totally like you said he he's he's doing well in certain aspects and then like the whole kelly thing you know he's he's so much of it is him covering up the pain that he's dealing with because of adriana and there's nothing there's nowhere for him to go with that because he can't talk to any about it anybody about what happened and he has to put up this facade about you know she's gone she, maybe she's having some you know she's probably there's, that there's trap the, having uh, some other kids the, the one guy guys, maybe. <laughs> the one guy random guy in aa that he talks to uh you know oh there's this one girl but you know i had to make a choice and you know he never fucking appreciated it like you know saying about tony like he made had to make such a sacrifice and he doesn't feel like tony appreciate he doesn't feel for him on that level like you know you didn't appreciate i had to cut this fucking loss and just nothing as for uh also not respecting his addiction issues absolutely that's what i was gonna say actually yes going back to i'm sure you're gonna mention with the vipers uh and and to paul with paulie in that situation you know have a fucking drink like why can't you just be you know and I think Tony says, why can't you just be fucking normal? Mm-hmm. And it's like, that's, it's such a sick thing to say to somebody, you know? And and when you think about it, it's really, it's a huge tie back to Christopher told Tony, the fucking regularness of life is too hard for me. That's basically, that's what he's saying. Why can't you be normal? I just fucking told you, you dickwad. <laughs> I told you it's too fucking hard for me. It's just, yeah. It's absolutely. That I, I admitted it. It's my fucking problem, asshole. What the fuck absolutely. else do you want from me? And it's also mentioned a couple times that Dickie's had some right. sort of problem with it as well so it's you know kind of uh you know it's in it in the in the blood maybe there but uh Chris um and Tony they're kind of one of the last I think good moments or like maybe a somewhat happy kind of moment is that that uh stealing the wine from the vipers that was uh you know kind of an I guess you could say the probably last good bonding moment with uh, Tony and Chris that, uh, you know, Tony, you know, just uh, have a, have a fucking drink, you know, it's, you know, and has uh, Chris have the drink. And then they joke about it um, later on in the basement, you know, was a couple weeks later. And, you know, Chris just, uh, you know, hey, you know, yeah, that's funny shit, you know, guys are shitting themselves, you know, just, uh, you know, I feel like the... <clears throat> the idea of the life and just being with Tony, it just, 
it, it just deflates for Chris. I feel like at that point, it's just like, you know, this is great in all tone, but, you know, it's just, it's fucking ruining him on the inside, you know? Yeah, and, you, you know, he probably, it's not so much spoken, but my analysis, you know, kind of as we're talking about it, a lot of people kind of have that realization when you can accomplish everything you want. And if you don't have the person you want next to you, next to you, then it's all worth nothing. And like you talked about, you know, Tony, at the very least, you know, at least appreciate what I did and what I gave up and, and, and all that. And you're right. I mean, he doesn't at all. We see Tony kicks the shit out of him that, that later, later in the episode where we lose Adriana, he kicks the shit out of him because he got high and, you know, and you know what, how it's like, there's a lot of moments where you look at Tony and like Jesus fucking Christ dude and that's definitely one of those moments i mean but you know putting aside the absurdity of what they just did and how it makes them again heinous criminals and just focusing on the moment that Christopher is now grieving over the fact that he lost his you know uh would have been wife right and you like you know what if he needed to get a little high to ease the pain let him get a little high to ease the pain and just sit in the back room of the bing and watch a movie. Yeah. You know, and instead you got to kick the shit out of him and Tony makes it about him. And, you know, you think you, you think this is the only one, you're the only one who got hurt here and you're the only one who's and, feeling it. And, and then the irony, you know, Tony, you know, kills Chris and then goes and does peyote in the desert. Just right. Like, right. I'm just going to go do drugs. With his, in the with desert. his like, you know, guma sort of, you know, kind bang, of West hookup. Yeah. yeah. Like, what a mad man. Yeah. But, um, for me, yeah. I want to. This is the last thing I wanted to focus on specifically. If you have anything else, but we 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 spoke about a little bit the the dynamic again. That's a it's a key word here. The dynamic of Christopher and Adriana and how important that is also for sh- for the show and for fans of the show. I would say without a doubt, from the page that we run, the. Christopher Adriana stuff brings up the most, you know, engagement and interaction on a, you know, regular, normal sense because there's some things that make no sense that drive people through the wall. Like when we joke about Gabagool or when we make references about certain celebrities or when we (laughs) when we mention the word Maron because there's a lot of Mm. morons who don't know how to spell, who don't know how to spell it and they think they're telling us how to spell it and. We're not trying to listen to all that nonsense. So we're, you know, keeping the lunatics out of this. <laughs> Save Chris- some for the lunatics. <laughs> <laughs> the Christopher Adriana stuff, it really draws out a lot of different conversation and reaction for people. Uh, I First of all, I think, you know what, for some people who can just, you know, remove for a minute how horrible both what the two of them did was. There's a little bit of like a goals thing just because of the aesthetics of both of them. <laughs> both of them dress well at different points in the show. They're both attractive, considered attractive looking people. You know, girls go crazy over Christopher and slash Michael. Guys go crazy over Adriana slash Drea. I'm sure gay men go crazy over Michael. And I'm sure. What does Carmela say uh, after he's. He dies in the show, and then Carmelo's like he. And then every, all the women say he was very attractive, like, uh, uh, <laughs> right? And, you know, I would imagine. Uh, you know, uh, it definitely grinds Tony's gears a bit. Probably just like you yeah, know, uh, fuck, fuck this. Even in death, he's still fucking. You know, <laughs> uh, yes, they are very sought after people from all communities, all types, all sexualities, and and the like. 
but I think for that reason, people, you know, in a lot of ways, a joking sense, they kind of make those comments of goals and this is us and blah, blah, blah. You can make a lot of different relationship type jokes on the internet and use pictures of Christopher and Adriana and people will love it and eat it up. And we've uh, done yeah, it many times. We've done it many times. The one comment that we get, not, you know, not common comment, it'll be the more rare one, but we'll get a couple of them that are like, oh, abusive relationship. It's just like, that's the obviously the aspect that people want to draw in, you know, focus on and uh, which, yes, is there. And which something I want to bring up, which, you know, you don't see too many of the other characters, uh, you know, going that like abusive. It's like a, at least kinda, not, it's at least not towards the girls that they're involved with. Right. Yeah. It's pretty particular for Chris's character. And I wonder if, if that's I mean, like kind of a show of that. Ralphie does kill Tracy, obviously, but they're not. Right, Ralph. You know. Yeah, well, Ralphie. Yeah, he just yeah. yeah Ra- Ralphie's on a whole another playing field. Right, and talking about like Tony and Carmela, or Sylvia and his, Sylvia and his wife, Bobby and right. Janice. And, and, you know, well, similar to. Uh, I mean, you can reference back also to the Janice Richie situation, but that I feel like was almost a point made because he's threatening Chris right. at the beginning. You know, don't put your hands on Adriana. Put your hands in your keep your hands in your pockets. And, uh, you know, he doesn't abide by his own advice, which, you know, leads to his demise. Um, But, uh, yeah, Chris, you know, it's this he's got a very abusive uh, streak, you know, throughout, which could be also somewhat drug fueled at points. But at times, for sure, but not always. At times. Yeah. Closer to the intervention with Adriana, because that was definitely you know, he he's just he smacks shit out of her and grabs a purse, and you know he's going mm-hmm. to score some smack. Yeah, when he sees the uh, the brochures, right? Yeah. Right. Yeah. So, um, you know, it's it's there, but like you said, you know, it's 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 when you know it's right the when as- people are talking about it on the internet. That's not what yeah, we're referring to. Like, obviously, I mean, obviously, like, I don't know why some some people yeah, just need to be like such assholes for no reason. Like, you know, like. Yeah, if they were, if that was a real couple, we would not be talking about it. You schmuck. Absolutely. They're, they're yeah. Like, and and then you know the same people. The next time we'll hear from them, they'll tell us how much they love Tony or whatever. Like, okay, yeah, all right, yeah, no, <laughs> whatever. <laughs> Nothing wrong there. Yeah, yeah, he, he was an angel. <laughs> I but he like, was a saint. Yeah, <laughs> my Tony was a saint. <laughs> but but yes, we're 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 that is the caveat that we're ignoring when we're talking about all of this. But I also think that maybe there was a kind of young, dumb love kind of feeling there between the two of them because they were getting started in their lives and they were, you know, they were only in an apartment. They were boyfriend and girlfriend for much of it. You know, they they break up and blah, blah, blah. I think that's a little bit more relatable than maybe the relationship of Tony and Carmela, who you kind of would have to be probably in a very long relationship, if not. Uh, a long-term marriage to kind of understand the things that were going on between Tony and Carmela. That's true, yeah. So maybe for younger audiences who are maybe just getting married or in relationships and have been dating and so on and so forth, that relationship is a little bit easier to relate to because they are dating. They are they are younger and they are not married. Right. You don't get those types of looks into relationships until you get into later Meadow, AJ, um you know, like stuff like that. I feel like you don't get that that same age group of those early stage of the relationship, you know, scope into that. So it's great to see with Chrissy and Aid, despite the obviously abusive nature. But um, 
that, like I said before, I think that kind of nods to something maybe with him not having that father role and not someone to teach him right from wrong. Like, hey, don't don't put your hands on a woman, you know? He didn't have a guy, you know, he didn't have someone to tell him that, you know? And Yeah, and also, I'll also say this, again, keeping all the terrible, abusive, you know, criminal acts aside, almost everybody can relate to the idea of either being somebody or wanting somebody who deep down you know you shouldn't be with and you're going to get hurt and that it's not going to end well and again that's in a normal sense not including anything horrible terrible happening and you know i hope anybody listening hasn't dealt with that and you know what i'll say this anybody who has maybe been in a relationship like that maybe they felt it was very felt very familiar i don't know if it was an authentic representation or not i haven't been anywhere near or in a relationship like that so i'm not you know, I, I, I know what is written in the media and in, uh, you know, when you talk to uh, therapists or you read stuff online about what the signs of an abusive relationship is like, I know what those signs are, but they don't always maybe look exactly what you read. Absolutely. So, yeah. you know, if you've been in anybody who's been in a relationship like that, unfortunately, first of all, I'm sorry. I hope you're no longer in that relationship. But if you are or if you were rather i don't know maybe it was a very authentic portrayal that you were able to connect with because they they're just a very uh, very um relatable relationship for some people so it seems yeah even though it's very interesting because there's tons of hate for adriana more than i really anticipated i there's we'll we we'll, won't get too deep into it but so many people think that he she did christopher <laughs> completely dirty and i guess they're right that she really could have put up a better fight earlier on and really not th- like gave him up the information that she gave up. But <laughs> I, I, like I don't know. When, I, that's a tough spot. When, I mean. when mentioning Adriana, I feel like we got, there's, there's two people when mentioning Adriana on the internet for, for us, at least I feel like there's, yeah, she's a booyah hottie or she's a fucking rat. Like, yeah. We, <laughs> it's one of the others. <laughs> she's one booyah hottie. We've had a couple of viral posts related to Adriana and there have been for various reasons. One about her informant work, some, some about her, you know, appearance stuff, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, it's uh, it's interesting, but definitely a um, a very creative relationship from the terms of how it was written and the stuff that they were able to work on or yeah. work with, rather. And again, like I said, the th- the the great thing about the Sopranos, as I mentioned, is that they're able to intertwine a humanizing way within a world that seems so inhumane. Yeah. So again, you don't have to have gone through some of the exact things that christopher and adriana did to, to have find them relatable and again also like i said to start off <laughs> some people just liked their aesthetic thought they, they were fucking hot the, it's just the style and man. it's just it's... they realized they're <laughs> fake characters they weren't portraying real life characters and it's okay to just kind of idolize a certain small little aspect of it without realizing that i that doesn't mean that i approve of or don't denigrate or whatever the terrible things that they did yes so for me it's to anybody who gives a shit for me it's uh it's already in charmaine goals that's well charmaine's the uh the uh the bell the ball in my Mm. eyes oh yeah and uh i think she i think that's a low (laughs) christmas miracle (laughs) (laughs) i think that's a low-key popular take that some people think is not that popular. And I guess from an internet standpoint, Adriana definitely gets more play, but we're regularly seeing the, the Charmaine hive rise up regularly. Oh yeah, absolutely. For good cause. 
<laughs> Great cause. Absolutely. Tremendous cause. Um the best cause. One one more uh She's so fucking hot. <laughs> she she is. Um one more thing I wanted to mention, uh or maybe one or, or two. Not on. Uh, I forgot oh. to mention before, we forgot to mention uh, the old Tony B. That little dynamic mm. uh uh that they had as well that uh kind of uh could tie that into the ending because you know what they kind of they both had a situation uh where tony felt it was best to take them out in the end Mm -hmm. you know Mm. so uh i guess you can make a connection of their situations but uh also a very much uh i had said this to you before that uh tony feels he owes tony b because of the whole situation that uh you know he could have gone to jail and tony took the fall for him and he also feels he owes Dickie to take Chris under his wing. And, uh, you know, it's, it's some differences, but some similarities, because you see Tony B and Chris bump heads a little bit that, uh, you know, Chris is a little jealous, you know, kind of getting a little, little bit more of the love from uh, Tony, maybe. And uh, but uh, for, for the reasons stated and. Um, yeah, just uh, another little. Mention of that, uh, you know beautiful arc there that uh <laughs> you know chrissy and tony b all both uh meet their demise at the end uh at the uh bleh, by the hands of tony you know and uh yeah do you think chrissy's the cat <laughs> <laughs> I, I i think we may have spoken about this once but <laughs> i am in the school of thought that the cat actually is just a cat and I that, think that was yeah the last yeah. time we talked this. That I don't know. I'm I'm starting to come around. I I, th- I was thinking that last time, but now I think I'm starting to change my mind. I think uh, maybe some supernatural shit going on there. I definitely, if I was if I was ever confirmed to be wrong, I wouldn't be shocked by it because it, it's certainly there if mm-hmm. you want to believe in it. But I also believe in the idea that cats are fucking creepy little fucks. <laughs> and it was yes. a cat being a motherfucking Snakes cat. Snakes with fur. <laughs> <laughs> they suck the baby's breath right out. Which is, um, I swear, my mom said, my uh, my grandma said that shit. Uh, you know, it's apparently an old Italian thing. <laughs> cats yeah. suck the baby's breath right out of them. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm a little bit in jest when I say that. But no, I, I do think that it's very possible that something in that that realm was thrown in there just to kind of create a little bit more deception add a little bit of that paranormal vibe that they were kind of playing around with towards the ends Absolutely. of the show virgin Mary, as you've yeah you, and you talked about with some of the twilight stuff <coughs> twilight oh, zone twi- stuff yeah yeah so yeah, i definitely that, that think music, it's possible uh, yeah. but eileen as of now today march 8th 2023 10 <laughs> 12 p.m that Eastern cat Standard is Time. just a cat that my cat is my motherfucking cat all right and there it is there it is, folks. The old Christopher Moltisanti arc. Uh, we hope you appreciated this episode. Our, Where's my fucking arc? Where is our fucking arc of this pot of my year two now? Episode 11. We hope to talk to you again soon. We and won't tell you when that will be. Yeah, Maybe not too soon. It's a little surprise. You know, it's soon like... Enough. Uh, it's like you're getting whacked. You know, you don't want, you don't know when it's coming. You, know, yeah, you probably don't, don't, you don't even hear it when it happens. But you do, because it's uh, another part of my episode. Oh. Oh. Thank you, guys.